Well, good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. Once again, we're back. This is Dana Olivo, your host, and I am joined by a very special guest today. Katrina Roddy has more than 30 years experience in corporate insurance. After being laid off, she decided to take her acquired skills in corporate and translate them into a career as a best-selling author and entrepreneur coach. Her book, Steal Your Skills from Corporate, will coach you through the mindset it takes to transition from employee to business owner. Welcome, Katrina. Thank you for having me. That was a wonderful introduction. I'm going to take you wherever I go now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, As a a growth strategist, I mentor all types of individuals looking to enter the world of entrepreneurship. Sure. And more often than not, many of those experienced professionals with years of corporate experience have the most problem with this mindset adjustment. Oh, yes. Yes. Exactly. They're so used to filling that role of employee that is difficult to perform outside of that employee box. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I found. Yeah. I, f- I found that to, to be, um, it's a hard shift. It is. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I had to think about, you know, you want to work at that high performing level that you were in your job. Um, but you just don't know how to shake it because people on the outside are not looking at you the same way as your corporation looked at you. They don't see that you were a CEO or a COO or SVP, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's really funny you say that. And I do want to know your story. Sure. But my experience with, with corporate America, when I was with corporate America, okay, is the fact that when you're in corporate America and me being a female and there's another female involved, a lot of times they feel threatened if you have that um, energy about you or that that uh, discipline about you that you just go about your job and you do your job and things like that. And so it, within the corporate environment, you've got this almost hostile Uh, relationship between, as I said, with me, it was with women. Okay. But Mm -hmm. the minute I got out on my own and started my own business, they became friends. I mean, what is that? I, I, I've not experienced that because my struggle internally in corporate were all against men because there weren't many Oh, gosh, there weren't many men, there weren't many women in the environment, my role in my environment. So I, you know, I'd always tough it out with men. But I can clearly see what you're saying. When you go out, there's so many women that want to have women networking groups, and they want to invite you. It's almost like a big hug now. And Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. It's but the struggle internally, it's more about, it's a challenge. Like you've challenged them on a level that they can't even explain. You can't even explain, but it comes out through their energy and you can feel that. Well, and, and, you know, and I think it has to do with the fact that in corporate, the corporate environment, we as women feel as though we need to prove ourselves. Yep. hundred percent. And if we feel as though someone is stepping on our toes or something like that, 
were if you have a strong personality like I do, mm-hmm. you know, and I know what my my job is, what my responsibilities are, and I don't bother checking with anybody else. I just do what I'm supposed to do. You know, some, some women will get threatened by that, you know, and then when you're out of that environment, I find that they're there to support you. And wow. I, come from, I come from a highly dominant male dominated field. I come from mm-hmm. the architectural engineering and construction market. So that was yes. highly, de- you know, and I had to learn how to interact after I left that market. I had yeah. to learn how to interact in a softer manner because wow. I was always dealing with men. So yeah, tell me I, your story. So I, I can, I can definitely relate to that because there was one part of my career where I had a female boss. She was our zonal vice president, right? Our zonal president. She just, she was up there with the, with the guys. And I recall people just saying that she was pretty harsh. She was pretty, you know, she had to pretty much eat her firstborn to be at that level. Um, I would hear these things about her, but because I was so young, I started in the industry so young, she would literally take me, um, you know, after work, she'd say, hey, do you want to go have a glass of wine? And so I'm like, in my 20s, of course I do. And I'd go with her, but she had this softer side, like this really soft side in the in the environment, in the work environment, she was pretty harsh. So I learned that she had to play these roles to right. be just to be able to um, interact with guys and, and, and the work that they did and to stay at the level that she did. And I find myself mimicking that a little bit along my career, you right. know, making sure that I got my questions answered at the table, making sure that I stood up for myself, never backing down because that's what they're, it's almost like a, and you're in a lion's den. Right. And if you don't speak up, you're going to be spoke over. And so I would I would stand up to that. But because I knew she had that other side, I also welcomed women like I would start a women's club. And then they started to learn, you know, this is who she is. She has to play hardball to get what she needs to get. But then she's also going to share it with us. No, that's so exactly. I yeah, so that was, that's my story. But that was in my early 20s. And then you just keep going and you start to learn this pattern of things. I, I recall one lady at one point, um, and like you said, they go up against you. Right. And I was having an event and she had gone to one of my superiors and said, well, she didn't check my schedule for the event. She didn't check anything and I didn't get invited. And I just remember him because at this point, you know, the guys would start to support me and they're like, but maybe you weren't invited. So that's why. <laughs> but she was adamant about I'm a superior. She should be inviting me. She should be doing these things. And they're like, it's her event. She doesn't have to check your event for her clients um, event. She doesn't yeah. have to check your calendar for her clients event. Wow. It's, it, Dana, wow. it's weird. Like I can't even I can explain to you because you're in corporate, but it's yeah. so hard to explain to people the mind games you have to play the entire time you're working there. You're not doing physical labor like in your construction, but you're coming home and you're dead tired because yep. you've been <laughs> fighting yep. people with that's your that's mind. Exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> and then even dealing with the men in the, in the environment, they, they respond differently. You know, um, there was a period where um, I used to work for uh, a large uh, construction management firm. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
And I was in marketing business development for that firm. And um, what happened was um, they, it, we were going through, we, we were heavy into that recession that was around 2006, seven, yeah. eight, you know, things yep. like that. And so there were people, they were taking people away from me, laying them off, you know, things like that. And it had gotten to the point where I was the only one that was responsible for proposal development and marketing, all marketing, everything. Oh my God. And I remember that um, just before I was let go or laid off from there, just yeah. before that happened, I had gone to my immediate boss. Well, first I had been complaining. I had been saying, look guys, I'm not gonna be responsible if there's mistakes because you guys are throwing things at me left and right. There's no checks, there's no balances, anything like that. You know, uh -huh. I'm just pushing these things out. At one point, I had put out 109 proposals in one year. You know, and I'm talking about major, major, major proposals, public proposals. And so that was like two and a half a week. You know, that's incredible. And, I, and it was amazing. And I came home and I told my husband, I said, why aren't they listening to me? And he told me, he said, look, he says, you got to speak their language. You got to put a presentation together. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I did. And I went in there and I showed them, you know, and, and the whole bit. Jeez. And, yeah. So it did get something done. They did end up hiring somebody to help me out. But who they hired was completely, I wouldn't say she was inadequate. She just was brand new. She was she new was to the new. new to the industry. So she yeah. didn't know the software. She didn't know, you know, uh, the industry. She didn't know anything. So it just doubled my work teaching her mm -hmm. at the same time. And so, let me ask you: Was there anxiety with that? Because now you're overloaded. I was. I was going in. Uh, I think my my hours were. I was going leaving the house at like five in the morning, getting into the yeah. office at five thirty. I wouldn't get out until about maybe six, and then I'd come home. And I'd still have work to do after dinner. Gosh, and my, yeah. my husband used to joke with me. We had a friend during this period. We had a, a, a friend of ours. We call him our Italian brother. Okay? Mm -hmm. And he's from Italy. And he happened to be here working. And every Wednesday, he would come over and he would fix dinner. And we call it uh, Luigi D night because it's okay. Luigi. Yeah. And David used to joke around because that was the only night I came home on time. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, and America does, you know, they're just, um, there's really, and especially right now with COVID, there's really no balance no. when it comes to uh, responsibilities. You hit on some very good points um, when you were talking. I recall I was studying the American Asso um, the American Psychology Association. I was mm -hmm. studying an article that they wrote about layoffs and you know people you know, leaving their job, and that's what I talk about a lot of. I talk about the anxiety of the stages of grief you go through when you leave a job. But what was interesting about this article? It talked about how much anxiety, anger, um, discomfort people have who are still staying. Because of what you just said, now I got more work to do. I and and I don't know when they're going to lay me off. So I'm going through that anxiety, and nobody even knows what's next. 
So it's almost like you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. I remember getting laid off and one of my counterparts who didn't get laid off come to me, not counterpart, but he worked in another unit. He came to me and said, um, I'm ready to go if you want to trade, if you want to tell them, because we could try to work out an agreement. I can't stand here if you guys are gone. Like, I, I can't take that pressure. And I'm like, no, I'm starting to feel like I got a golden ticket now because people are trying to buy my ticket. That's yeah. exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, it's um, like I said, 35 years in corporate America, I learned a great deal. I did. I, I have to say I took advantage of the lessons mm-hmm. learned and things like that. But um, you really have no control. You're at the mercy of the work. And the higher ups. And that's where a lot of the problem comes in because a lot of your C-level individuals don't really know what's going on. Yeah, you they know, don't. With the customers or with the people who are actually working with these customers. Yeah. Therefore, they're, they're working in an environment where in their mind, they've made a scenario that isn't really what's happening down the line. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let me explain to you who my clients were. Mm-hmm. And when you speak about they didn't know the client, I worked in a very prestigious part of insurance called national accounts, major accounts. I provided insurance to major corporations, mm-hmm. Costco, Discover Card, Post Serial. Those are the type of accounts that I worked with. Huge, Huge yeah. accounts. And, you know, they may take instead of prospecting for those who prospect, um, meaning, you know, you're going out to look for clients. You may, if you're on a personal level, you may prospect every day, a couple of times a day. I prospected three to five years out because that's how long it took for one of those accounts to actually make a move because of the size of it. So when you say they don't know the customer, they let go of a whole team of people. And that's all we knew were the customer. We had relationships. When I left corporate, what I knew for sure is that I was a damn good relationship manager. Because that's all I worked on all of those years. So spending my 30 years in corporate, um, I learned a lot. It was like a university for me. Literally, it was like a you know, people talk about their college friends that they grew up with. I talk about my college and I remember my corporate friends the most because I grew up with them from starting at the age of 18. So, yeah, it's a exactly. different space. Right. Yeah. So your book is entitled Steel. From yep. corporate, right? Skill uh, your skills from corporate. from corporate. Okay. Yes. So why corporate? Because that's the last place I was at. <laughs> so, okay. but corporate definitely is a metaphor for life. I mean, people have life skills that they can take from anywhere. I use corporate because that's where I was. And I say steal your skills because you have skills that you've acquired. Um, it was really a learning ground for you. You learned so much. And I didn't realize that when I first left corporate, I would go to networking events and I would teach people about anything they wanted to know. They'd call me and say, hey, can you show us how to budget? Sure. Can you show us how to network? Sure. I showed people everything. And there was one individual, Dana, that said, Katrina, you give out too much free information. This is your job. And I, that's when I realized I have a skill set that some other entrepreneurs may not have or they're seeking, they may be taking classes for, and I've already gone through this. Right. And so 
I decided to take all of those things that I would always talk to people about and put them in one location. And that was the book. So in the book, there are eight steps. It's an eight step guide to when you want to start your career and how how you end up. You know, it goes from learning, pulling your skills and it goes all the way down to after you do everything in the middle. How do you manage your time? So when did you finally make that decision and say it was enough? Corporate was enough for you. To be realistic, I made that decision. I came out of corporate and initially I wanted to jump back in because that's all you know, right? And I can talk about that more. The corporate breakup really forces you to start thinking crazy. But um, so I started interviewing at other places. And every time I'd interview, I'd have this sour look on my face like, here we go again. Because you could feel that company is no different than the company you left. They just have a different name. And now I'm anxious because if I go there, what if they lay me off? And then I got to go through this again. And so I put a stop on it. I interviewed at a couple of places. And then I said, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to do this. I've already spent X amount of years here. And I also had made a promise to myself that within the next five years, I was going to transition out anyway. I had been saying that all. Be careful of the words you put out there because they will manifest. I literally said, oh, by the time I turn 50, I'm going to be out of here anyway because I'm going to have something of my own. I said that for at least the last three years that I worked there. And all of a sudden it happened, Dana. And I was like, what do I do? And I had to go back and think about those words and say, you know what? Let me take a step back. It's time to work on me. It's time to work on me to get me to that next level. Um, And let's just explore some things until something lands. And that, that is what was the rebirth or the birth of the corporate breakup entrepreneur coach, the book, like my creativity side came out. My son is a Gen Z for all oh, of you. Yeah. Oh yeah, gosh. Uh, and he Whole said- new one there. <laughs> he said to me, mom, I am extremely proud of you. You have started to think above the collar and that is blue collar, white collar. Mm-hmm. You have started to use your brain on the creativity side and you've come up with a book. You've come up with a career. Mm-hmm. He's like, I love it. Cause of course he's an artsy person. He's of a, a creative mind. Right. And so it was just exciting for him. And for me to, you know, get kudos from my son who says that's great. Other than saying, Oh yeah, that's lame. <laughs> well, you know, and what it is, is he's seeing it in practice. When yes. I was active, after going through corporate, you know, for, for many years, um, my son started middle school. Okay. And at that point we decided that we didn't want our son being a latchkey kid. For those who don't know what a latchkey kid is, it's somebody who goes to school, comes home with no parents there and lets themselves in the house and Uh take care of themselves, you know, that type deal. But we didn't want to do that with my son. So, um, after never not working before Uh I left work, corporate America. And I went back to college and finished my degrees. Very good. And for while he was in middle school, uh, for those three years, I went back to school and got my degrees. And the difference was that he saw me studying. He saw me doing all of this, Yep. which they remember that Uh they remember that. And the funny thing I'll tell you right now is it's not even funny. It's the truth. Going back to school was Mm -hmm. harder than working. (gasps) Harder than working. Yeah. I'm telling you. I can believe it. I can believe it. 
So when we talk about your book, um, Mm -hmm. you talk about how you steal your skills. And we touched on this a little bit when I was talking about, we talked about um, taking the lessons learned through corporate. Okay. Mm -hmm. I learned all my marketing. I learned everything that I learned in my career. I learned on the job. And that's what we're talking about here is taking your skills and using that to create a, a, a business or whatever you're going to do with your, with your life. Correct. Become an entrepreneur. Great. If you're going to use it to go to another company, well, that deserves a raise. (laughs) That does. That does. Yeah. And I tell my daughter this all the time, you know, said, take advantage. If they, if they reimburse for college education, take advantage of it. You know, if they give you, um, if they pay for you to go through certifications such as project management certification, take Take advantage of it. Exactly. And that's what you're talking about when we talk about stealing the skills from corporate. Let's pay for that, those lessons learned. Let them pay for the expertise that you're learning. Yes. Be the apprentice. Be the apprentice. Exactly. Exactly. There's two things I want to follow up with what you just said. The first Mm -hmm. thing is I come from very humble beginnings. I'm number five out of six children. I'm the only one in my family that had gone to college. My parents were married at the age of 16, 17 years old, right? And so they taught our family that you go to school, you get out of high school, you find a job, and you move on with your life with your family. So my siblings prior to me, that's what they did. They got married very young. You know, tw- I can't even be imagine that, but they got married at 20, 21, 23, in the tw- early 20s, because that's what we were taught, right? Higher education was something like, yeah, I know you guys want to do this, but you need to work because we came from humble beginnings. So we needed that, right? I come along and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and I wanted to go to college. That's what my peers were doing. I just had this desire to continue to learn. So I recall a college coming to do a college fair at my high school. And they said, you know, this is a strict business school. And to even make it more attractive, we have partnered with some corporations who will take you on. um, And then that job that you do will become a class and it will be applied to your degree. And they pay you. You get paid while working. Not only that, but the corporation through tuition reimbursement will help you with college. That is how I got through my four-year degree is through working at corporate with tuition reimbursement, still working my job. I remember at one point, I graduated in three-year period from my, my school because I took on a full load for school. I took on a full load for work because you still have work. And you get through it. And that just for me was my determination to say, I'm going to do this. I want to do this, but take advantage of whatever they're giving you. And that was early on. That was in my eight, you know, as 18. Over the years, there were still, there were classes offered. There were, you know, we had etiquette class at one point. So they can tell you how to network, hold a glass in this hand with your name tag over here, because there was a lot of young people here at this corp. So That's what we learned at corporate. But what do I say to a parent who or a a person who didn't go through that corporate setting? What I say to them 
and I want them to very much hear this. They have skills that they have that um, just come naturally to them. I think of it, I was a swim mom. My son was a, he was a very elite swimmer. I was at swimming more than I could even tell people. But I remember with them asking me to, you know, be a ref, be a swim coach, be a, you know, can you go and and be part of these things because we need your talents here. We recognize that you do these things. Run the concession. Can you organize the carpool? All of these things. But guess what? Those are skills as well that go on to your resume. Like take those things that you've learned. I watch these TV shows, these reality shows where they have women organized in a closet. It's all colorful. That's a talent. I can't do it. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You know, um, th- you know, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I wrote a book. It's called Marketatomy. What to expect when expecting a business. Yes. Okay? And in that book, I talk about how there's an entrepreneur in every single one of us. Yes. All of us have got some kind of skill that we can turn into a business if we wanted to. Yeah. You know, um, yep. You just so have to stay focused. You, you do. So, so how did you know that you had that entrepreneurial spirit? I believe that entrepreneurial spirit started coming out while I was working in corporate. Because I would have, they would give me a goal. These are your goals for the year. And right. then I'd have a personal goal. I'm like, I'm going to do what they tell me to do, but I have some personal goals I want to accomplish as well. So I was always that person. And and after working there for a period of time and getting to the level I did, I had some flexibility where I can try some things. And one thing that I would do is um, I had a lot of events. I would have events for, you know, we'd have these uh, women day events. I'd have spa days. That was the big hit. So I would do these things that kind of put me in an entrepreneurial space, but not really. I mean, I was still under the company, but I was, they gave me the creative board to create certain things for my clients. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of knew. And before I left, Mm -hmm. I remember one of my good friends who was there, she said to me, you should be an event planner. You used to have the best events ever. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) I don't want to do that. It was my job. It was my job. I had to dream to do that. (laughs) My first event that I had, Um, I remember having all of these people sign up for the event and I forgot to secure the location. And it was probably a week before. And I'm like, uh, you mean you don't have a reservation for me? They're like, no, as as a matter of fact, there's a convention in town and we can't do anything for you. So I had to lean on one of my relationships and this guy owned a, he owned a bar that had a beautiful heated patio. And I, I had to have my event there, but it taught me a, a very valuable lesson from that point on. I am dead on when it comes to scheduling things and where is it and what, and that's why she probably thought that I, you know, you should do event planning. And it all came because I made a mistake. Well, but you also had resources. You can, I had on. resources. Yep. Yeah. To, to, to yep. quickly turn that around. Yeah. So let's talk about the corporate breakup. Yes. What is this? Man, it is a breakup, just like any other breakup. So I compare it to a personal relationship breakup. And I don't know if you've ever gone through this, and I want everyone in the um, audience or everyone who's listening to just sit back and think about when you've had a bad breakup. You go through anxiety, 
there's some anger, there could be some sleep disturbances, there's avoidance, don't want to talk to nobody, but your good friends may come over, they may bring wine, watch a movie, they do talk to you, they may give you a hug, then they may come and they'll tell you to work on yourself before you move on to another person or whatever the situation is, right? Right. When you break up from corporate, you go through those same emotions, right? But at the end, someone says that girl better find a job. They're not looking to support you the same way or hug you and, you know, because they don't really know what to do because everyone's in that same space. So the corporate breakup really is my company where I use to coach and I help people heal through that. And the healing comes through, go through the anxiety, feel that, feel that pain, feel that anger, get it all out. Because once you get out of that, you need to start making moves. Right. And you need to make moves. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I've yeah. been through it. I've been through it a few times. The yeah. most recent being when I was let go from the uh, construction management company. And yeah. I, I'm talking as a female. Okay. Yes. We as females, when we're in corporate America, we feel as though we have to prove ourselves. Yes. We have to prove ourselves to be able to maintain growth, mm-hmm. you know, to continue up that ladder. And, um, my husband, oh, he got so upset. He was so worried. I told you I'd been putting in hours yeah. at this company. And I'd come home and, and he would even, you know, he'd have a bath waiting with candles. Everything. Yeah, I was putting awesome. in some long hours. Yeah. And he kept telling me, he says, why are you quit? Why don't you quit? Why don't you do this? Why don't you yeah. do that? And I kept saying, because I didn't want to leave him in a lurch. It was always because the loyalty, the loyalty of not wanting to leave them. And he yep. says, they're not loyal to you. What are you being loyal to them for? You know, that type mm-hmm. deal. So talk about the corporate breakup. Yes, I absolutely. You're right on on target as far as the emotions you go through. Gosh, After yes. Spending so much time proving yourself. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and showing them what you can do. I was always going way, way beyond what my capabilities, yeah. you know, or yeah. what my job description. Right. And, um, yeah, that was difficult. It just so happened that when I got laid off from that company and this all happened, we, my husband and I had planned a long weekend down in Miami, mm-hmm. you know, down to South beach and watch the people and a concert, Mark Anthony concert. Oh, I love Mark Anthony. Nice. I like that. So anyway, he said, look, he says, let's just get away for the weekend. Let's not worry about it. Um, We did, you know, three days, didn't worry about anything. You know, uh, it crossed my mind, you know, that type deal. What am I going to do? Am I going to get back and start the rat race or what? The rat race. Yeah. And then I can't, we came back and there were a lot of messages. I didn't even check my phone. And I had a whole bunch of messages on my phone hmm. from colleagues and everything. What happened? Why, you know, all this other stuff. And talking to them, I realized I had a reputation. Mm-hmm. I had a reputation that was good. And there were a lot of people that were shocked. And, you know, a lot of them that were hoarding me and everything. But what happened is about a week or so decided, okay, let's go ahead and let's start our own business. Yeah. And um, in order to do that, I had originally thought, okay, I'll do what I was, the same thing I was doing when I was in corporate America, uh-huh. but 
because we were in the midst of that recession, okay, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'll be a consultant. And I'll go and do the same things for these organizations that are laying off their marketing people, laying off. Sure. And that worked for about a month. And then I realized it's just, they're not doing anything because especially in the architectural engineering construction market, Mm -hmm. they were not getting any jobs. They were fighting to, you know, keep their field people busy. And finally I sat back and said, I'm going to try something completely different. And what I did was the only country that was coming out of the recession faster than anybody was Brazil. Mm. Never gone internationally, but decided with my experience, everything I had learned in the 35 years in the AEC industry, I took that into Brazil because they had just won both the FIFA Game Awards and the Summer Olympic Awards and decided to take my knowledge base to create inroads for companies here in the U.S. that were struggling to keep their doors open and opening up partnerships within Brazil in preparation for the games. That's amazing. So, you know, that's thinking outside the box. How can you take your lessons learned, mm-hmm. your skill sets that you borrowed from corporate or you corporate paid for and use those to better yourself? It's got to think about, like you said, it's out of the box. You yep. And you may not even know this, but you have to really hone in on those skills and say, yep. what's going on in the world that will help me like you did? What's going mm-hmm. on in the world that I could use this? Right. I could use my talents, my skill to better someone else or better another, you know, country, whatever the case right. is. Right. Um, I'll tell you my story really quickly. Um, first of all, I'm doing this or, you know, it's right. I'm rolling into the pandemic. So it's appropriate. People are losing their jobs. They're wondering, what should I do? And even now, once they've, they're opening things back up, do I want to go back into the office? You know, that's one of the questions that come up a lot. Mm-hmm. But not only that, Dana, but um, at one point it was the heart. We were in the heart of, and I live in Chicago. I am smack dab in the middle of when they had the protesting and they had some of the riots and they had like all of this stuff is going on around me and I am saddened by it. I am sitting on my deck at one point and I'm, I'm writing because I would often write about different things. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on a call with my mentor mm-hmm. and I'm in tears. And she's like, can you just explain like what's going on? And I said, well, I can tell you, I could hear gunshots to the right of me and I could hear protesters to the left of me. And while I'm doing this, there are three helicopters hovering over me. I feel like I, I, I'm powerless. Like, what can I do? And the only thing I know to do, which I know well, is this, you know, help people pull their skills. So immediately I started thinking about the black and the brown communities of which I lived in and live in now. And I said, why isn't it that you have some individuals who are coming out of the prison systems, they're coming out from being incarcerated, you know, and then they're entering into the society where no one's helping them as much figure out things when they have to go to a job or job application, fill out a job application, they have to check a box that says I've been incarcerated. And that goes right to the trash. Right? There are some programs out there that will help individuals. So now how can I help? I can help by saying, you don't have to pull your skills from corporate because you were never there. Right. 
However, you do have skills. My point, your point before, you have some internal skills to help. And that's me thinking out of the box. I can use this book as a Mm -hmm. second purpose to help those individuals who were incarcerated, they want to do something, they want to start their own business. How do you do that? How do I pull my skills for that? That's me thinking with my heart, thinking with my heart and using my passion. My dream, my dream is bigger than you could ever imagine. And part of that is actually just being able to help people understand the skills that they have. Does that make sense? It does. No, that's exactly it. I'm on the same pathway as far as that's concerned. My entire vision is to educate these people on the business side of things, what they need to understand in order to succeed in business. Yeah. Because having your skill set is one thing. Yeah. I mean, skill set boils down to that offering that you're going to, you know, present to the world as Mm -hmm. your business, you know, what, whatever service or product development, you know, that's where those skill sets that you're stealing from corporate that you can turn around and that's what you're going to sell. It's your offering. Yes. But to build a business around those offerings is Mm -hmm. what a lot of these people don't know how to do. No. And that's where I come in with Marketatomy is to teach them the yeah. phases you have to go through, you know. And- and I love to I love to use the analogy of the house analogy. I don't know if you've heard it before, but I'll I'll say it for your viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I will ask everyone to just take a moment to close their eyes and think about the the most beautiful house they can think about. What is the house that you admire to be in? If you had to draw it or whatever, mm-hmm. and most people come back and they'll say they'll tell me about the high ceilings. They'll tell me about the all marble bathroom. Maybe they have a ranch with horses. May- I don't know, whatever it is, I've gotten some beautiful stories out of that. Mm-hmm. What they fail to tell me is how the foundation looks because no one pays attention to the foundation and they cannot have this beautiful home if there's no foundation, it crumbles. Mm-hmm. So you have to build that. And that's what you're speaking of. You mm-hmm. have to build a solid business foundation. Yeah. And that means, you know, hiring an attorney, hiring um, you know, an accountant, yeah. you need to get your licensing, you need all of these things apply. They're not pretty. People no. don't like them, but no, they have to just get down to doing what yes. they do best. Exactly. They don't want to know about taxes. They don't want to know. No, you have to do these things in order to build or your or your beautiful things in your house are all going to go crumbling. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Oh, here too. Yes. Um, Before we close out, can you tell our listeners how they can reach you and where they can get your book? Yes. So you can reach me on all social media platforms at K-R-O-D-D-Y 65, which is K-R-O-D-D-Y 65 on all social media platforms. And you can actually purchase my book and even contact me through my website at thecorporatebreakup.com. Very good. Very good. Well, that concludes another episode of Charged Up Studio, where small business owners get charged up for success. Stay tuned next week for another exciting episode. And until then, have a super charged up week. Goodbye and good luck. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.